This is a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. 12.03 here at 3RRR FM. A very good afternoon to you. The sun is over the yard arm. The countdown is here, folks. It's the countdown to Christmas. Or Hanukkah. Or any non-denominational celebration. Nice. Yes. I just wanted to throw that, just pitch that in there from the sidelines. Pagan festival. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's the, the holidays are fast approaching. How do you like that? The atheist shopping spree. <laughs> the atheist shopping <clears throat> That's a little bit close to the mark, I think, uh, actually. Uh, it is indeed. Anyway, it's uh, it's the afternoon and you are tuned into 3 Triple R. you highly evolved creatures. You, It's great to have you here. It's good to be in your lounge room. It's good to be in the car. Wow, it's a bit tight in here, though. Uh, and um, we've got uh, our very, very last show uh, for the year. And uh, as we look at this uh, last show, we've got some good stuff for you, believe me. Yes. And we have to thank those scientists. Boy, there was safety in numbers there. You don't want to pick a fight with a scientist today because Shane had backup. It's like that, I think we say this every year, but it's like that thing where they try and cram as many clowns into the mini as possible. Oh, okay. No, it's, no, it's a more brainy and scientific version uh, of that. Yes. Yeah. How, many, how many doctorates can you cram into a small studio? Very good. Yes, yes doctorate cramming. Yes. As, as opposed to VW cramming. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to the scientists uh, for all their work over the year. Um, it's been an honour to, to follow you. And also we have to look back and say... Uh, a huge thank you also to the doctors because of the incredible, inspiring radio that they do. My yes. God. Here, here. My God. Mm. Uh, but uh, radio is at the present, is mm. it not? We look ever forward. Ever forward. And uh, I am delighted to say that uh, we are joined by Joost Baker, who's uh, sitting in the studio. He's brought us in apricot wine. He's brought us in honey. He's a man bearing gifts. And he's also a man bearing an invoice because uh, a few weeks ago <laughs> uh, I blotted my copybook by um, continually swearing. And I think I owe $6 to the, uh, the Baker swear jar, which I shall repay. There they are. Uh, as he there as he go, comes on, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we have a, a last market report with John. John is uh, there at the market, and he talks about uh, well the how did you say it? the atheists uh, shopping the atheist shopping spree. Yes, there it is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we've got to feed ourselves, and we've got to feed ourselves well. And the, one of the best places to go, of course, is the market, Queen Victoria Market, and um, well. We have a big wrap-up there, and then we finish off the show. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Is there a happier sight than seeing Sebastian Rayborn turn up with a punch bowl? Yeah, not really. That's a good way to win. No, yeah. really. Oh, other than maybe a dewer flask of liquid nitrogen, maybe, to, you know, uh, do that. But uh, what's Seb's great idea for Christmas? Punch. <sighs> Get the punch bowl out. Or it could be the punch bucket, or it could be the punch pot, um, or... Fill up the bath. I don't know. Um, actually, um, yeah, Seb's got some tales of daring do of uh, punch making and um, how it might make sense to mm. uh, to get a little bit of uh, punch happening. 
I think it's a, a very, very good idea. So anyway, it's uh, 12.06. We've got a lot to fit in. So we may as well get going, huh? Mm. I, I think me think so. Um, let's see. What have we got? I, I did have a food quote, which was kind of good. It was amusing. It was about Christmas parties. Mm. Phyllis Diller says, what I don't like about office Christmas parties is looking for a job the next day. <laughs> That's when you know the uh, Christmas party has gone very, very bad. Yes. Uh, for the pagans out there, we say uh, a big good day to all you people worshipping the fact that uh, today mm. is the longest day of the year as far as I can see. Oh, is it? The I think it is. Looking around. Not the equinox. What is it? The uh, solstice. The solstice. Uh, 21st. Um, this is the day where in the northern hemisphere winter begins. Well, I think you probably say people of around New York and all the blizzards and things they've had, they've said, it's, yes, it's, it's here. <laughs> um, what have we got? Oh, we've got a saint, last saint of the year, mm. Saint Dominic of Silo's Day, the patron of shepherds. Mm. Yeah, come on. And uh, yes, for those uh, maybe uh, looking towards... Uh, the ancient Roman gods for a bit of inspiration. As we, as we so often do. And why not? Yeah. Uh, we say, hey, to Saturnalia, the ancient Roman festival honouring Saturn, the god of agriculture and mm-hmm. harvest. Don't forget, he's a northern hemisphere god, so all the stuff's come in. Yes. So they go, hey, wow, we got the, whoa, <laughs> we can eat. So it's a pretty good time. Yeah. Up in the northern hemisphere if you've, uh, if you've shoveled the snow off the roof. 12.08 here on 3RRR. We should probably get going. Yosh Baker is, uh, he's sitting, he's waiting, he's got his arms crossed, he's going, come on! <laughs> I want to talk to you. So we're going to do that. Uh, quick spot of mortgage first. Thank you very much. Yost. Yeah. Hi. Hey, how you going? Great. <laughs> Hi. I couldn't uh, get you my t- car started. Did this you turn Japanese? The girls Japanese were playing then? in a car yesterday, you know, playing music, and then just left it on all night. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And then this what did they, that, they have the the disco on four wheels? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. On the roof, the whole on the roof rack, the whole. Yes. It's like you know, you can't girls. do anything in mum's car, but can do everything in dad's car. Oh, really? <laughs> oh well. Well, look. Um, okay. First of all, um, uh, we did have. Uh, I got in trouble. Uh, a few weeks ago, so there it is. Six dollars for the great swear jar for the girls. Make sure that gets to the girls. Oh mate, don't worry. It'll work. All right, <laughs> they're probably they're probably doing a little dance. We got six dollars, six dollars, which is good. Um, it's Christmas time, and I thought um, we're finishing off the show. And I thought maybe to start us off with the last show, we might have a bit of a think about ah, some of the things we can do to improve our lot. To it just improve things, and I sort of gave you a free kick, didn't I? I rang you well, up and said, "Yoast, you want to come on, mate? What do you want to talk about? Let's do something valid." Next year is going to be the year of composting. Really? Yes, the year of compost. Why is compost important? Well, half of our waste going to landfill is organic. Apparently, some people say it's sixty percent in Australia, but I don't think it's quite that high. But yeah, we drink too much of everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, yeah, this year's been it's, – it's a good year because there's almost 100 restaurants in Melbourne now getting rid of their organic waste sustainably by turning it into compost and dehydrating and sending it back to farms. Mm. And I think it's just going to explode next year. Good. Good. So that's a big one. And then, um, you know, by doing that, it goes back on the land, so it means that we're less reliant on, on fertiliser and – it also connects you back with growers. So a lot of uh, a lot of the restaurants, like Ben Shiri and guys like that, yes, have found that it connects them b- better with growers. 
Because well, the great thing about got something to give back to them. Shuri at uh, Rip and Lean, I'll just get you to get point that microphone so it's actually pointing to you. Um, the great thing about uh, Shuri is that his chefs, his cooks, the people that uh, produce the food are the gardeners. He doesn't have another layer of stuff. So there's there's this responsibility and yet and also this empathy for the growing process that comes into that is instilled yeah. in, in the people that's working with him. That's a good thing. Have you ever seen a veggie patch that neat and tidy? No. I never have. No, it's um, it's, <laughs> it's because, because there's this army that picks over it and adores it, really, yeah. you know, um, as it goes. But composting, if um, for those that um, have never done that, they're, let's face it, the South Koreans are all over it, aren't they? Yeah, so 1984 is when South Korea banned organic waste going to into your rubbish. So it's That's like this insane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so to them, it's like you wouldn't even think about doing it. But I mean, I love the idea that in that it will actually change the way that we get rid of our waste because at the moment you've got three or four trucks driving around suburbs. Yep. You know, one picks up this, the other one picks up that. Yep. Once you get rid of organic waste, I can't see any reason why we can't just go back to one bin. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were talking about that, weren't we? You know, and then there's there's ways to mechanically sort out these things. So we're talking about the the paper, the the bottles. Yeah, and then just one bin so that it becomes much easier, much less expensive to to collect waste. And, you know, obviously people that are in the business probably wouldn't agree with that because they make a hell of a lot of money out of it. But I just think it's insane that we've got all these trucks driving around picking up all different items when what is the real problem is the organic waste getting embedded in this stuff. So once you take organic waste, you know, the smelly, stinky, rotting stuff out, yes. it makes it very easy to separate the other waste. Yes. And so, you know, imagine half of what goes to landfill today not needing to go to landfill and then imagine that back on our land. And, you know, that solves another problem that we've got. Our food is lacking nutrients because we're just using gas-based or, you know, synthetic fertilizers. Synthetic fertilizers, yeah, the phosphates. Yeah, which yeah. is insane again when we've got so much organic waste and then you've got feces and urine and all that other stuff, but that's probably a bit harder that's, to that's, tackle. That's the next stage. I think, you know, poco, yeah. poco, poco, mate. A little, just, little, you know, t- little small bites. Um, but, yeah, if we could possibly do that, I think um, it would be incredible. Here we go. I've got a, a, one of those crazy visual sort of st- statistics. Um, America. Uh, in a year, uh, their organic waste, if you want a quick visualisation, think of a football field, American gridiron field, so a big square, and then just fill that up with rubbish and stuff like that. It goes five miles into the sky. Oh. There you go. That's, 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 <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the amount. So if we can start, I'm not sure what, you know, Australia would be to that, but it'd be a very significant, let's say, you know, the MCG, maybe two miles up into the sky, but it's not without reason. One yeah, mile in. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's be conservative. So if we can start eliminating that going into landfill, tick. If we can get more natural organic ingredients into our soils growing things, yeah. huge tick, yeah? yeah? Yeah. And if we can start getting um, an ethic and a habit, because it's really just a, a modifying of behaviour. Because, you know, years ago we didn't think about separating rubbish. You know, we do that. And we could uh, we could go a long way. So, so if you look at, say, Qu- Qantas, right, the 30% of the cost for them is, is separating waste. Is it? Right. So if they were to be able to get rid of their organic waste separately, then it would be a huge saving for them to, you know, and there's so many other companies like that that have high cost in actually separating the waste into all these different categories. Yes. 
Whereas, and, and I know Richard Pratt, that was his big dream for America because he realized when he set, when he set, he set up the, the first recycling paper recycling facility in New York. That's only 12 years ago. They didn't wow. recycle any paper then. Wow. And he realized that they were never going to separate their waste because they were so used to just dumping everything in one bin. You know, there wasn't that history of separating waste. Yep. So he started looking at technology that allowed, you know, everything in one bin. But the problem is always organic waste. So once you've got that separated, it makes it much easier to deal with the other stuff. Yeah, he was um, a complex character, old Dickie Pratt, wasn't he? But anyway, so let's bring it back to the home, though. I want to. I want us to imagine... Um, a, is it a part of the kitchen? Is it uh, outside? Give us a give us a visualize sort of um, uh, talk us through a composting at home. There's many different companies and many different machines. So you can mm. it could be as small as um, thirty by thirty by thirty centimeters. So quite small. There's there's yep. appliances that you plug in that are about a quarter of the size of a dishwasher. Yes. We've got one at the Stephanie Alexander. Kitchen garden at our primary school. Yep. And all of the schools, 200 kids, all of the schools' organic waste goes into this one little machine, which is a domestic machine. Yes. Comes out as what looks like almost coffee. Yes. Um, you, you coffee know, grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they spread it back on their veggie patch. How long does it take? About 24 to 48 hours. So wow. It's very quick. Wow. It uses a microbe found in lava. Yes. It tolerates high salt and high temperature. So it's unique in that it tolerates both. Super lava. Amazing. Yeah. We've got that at the at our restaurant as well, and that's what How makes it. How much? I think that they're around five hundred bucks for the electric version, and then there's all sorts of different other machines that you can get. But I think closed loop sell them online for about five hundred bucks. I could be wrong. I don't yeah. Okay. So, but uh, what are we? Uh, what's our search string? We look up so if we want to start looking. So if you look it. up closed loop um, in vessel composter, you can see them the big machines that the restaurants are using, yes. and then you can see right down to little domestic ones. But I know that the the guy who owns closed loop is talking to the city of Geelong about yes. man- manufacturing. Yes. Uh, domestic units in Geelong, and I think that the council has, has said that if he does this, he'll get a big order. Like I think it's five, six thousand machines from the city of Geelong. Because mm. I mean, it costs the city of Geelong about five hundred bucks a year to collect organic waste. Yep. So if they, how, how much a year? Five hundred bucks per year. Five hundred bucks per person or per household. That's so, better, yeah. Okay, so that's, say, uh, that's a, yes. So you can imagine, you know, buying a machine and uh-huh. not having to. It, 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 Pays it for itself pretty quickly, and uh, what that means is that you've got uh, compost for. Well, you've got great uh, soil condition. You've got a yeah, live. it's dry. Thing. It's yep. it doesn't smell. It's you know reduced in volume. You mm. know, so you can. Uh, it's it makes it easy to handle. I reckon that could be a really really good Christmas present for the family. Really, you know. Yeah, I'm, I I really do. And um, who knows? Next year you might be able to buy an Australian made one. Well, that would be incredible too. And if we can get some sort of uh, uh, manufacturing happening in Geelong, which uh, let's face it, is going to going to need that because next year a lot of cranes are coming home to roost. Yeah, if I can get all Japanese. It's oh, and well, and Matt is winding me up. Sorry, I'll stop it. Stop the Japanese stuff. So quite seriously, um, it it makes sense. And you know, if you're if you're from a council whether it's a Melbourne City Council, please start making it a little bit easier for restaurants to I know that Con Christopoulos just got told that he's not allowed to put a composter in the back laneway that no one ever uses. Oh, because I've it received did, it an eviction notice for it, my composter because it didn't it, it conform to said size and bureaucrats going this doesn't fit into this. It's not a bin on wheels basically. Yeah, right, okay. So the fact that I've never had a wheelie bin picked up in two and a half years doesn't matter anything. No. Don't matter. Damn. Don't 
Don't matter a damn. You get some people. So start getting out. their head around it, please. What do you want for Christmas, Yost? Oh, God, maybe a few more seeds. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for me. Yeah, it's oh, more time to be able to weed my veggie patch so it looks like Ben Shuri's. Yeah, well, get, it's get, not looking like that at the moment. Get the girls off the roof of the car and get them in the garden <laughs> and weeding you girls. And your six bucks is coming. Yost, um, thank you for inspiring us throughout um, the year and in doing things that make sense. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Have a great Christmas. Right back at you. Yost Baker, you're listening to Eat It on 3 Triple RFM. We're going to mark it after this and then we're going to have some punch. Well, you know, usually um, we talk about the sun on our shoulders and um, how we get warmed by uh, the physicality of the market. But, uh, John, you've got the shade up, so it's yeah. uh, nice and cool. We put the awnings out because it was a little bit too warm for my likings. Yeah. We're a little bit tired and worn, yeah. so we want to feel a little bit more comfortable, so we're using the comforts of home and put the awnings out. Mm. Maybe later we'll bring them back in, but I don't think so. The sun's got a very, very big bite to it, so... We'll leave it out for now. It's still a gentle morning, folks, and, uh, yeah, the sun is uh, about to uh, to hit, and we're sort of all weathering the resolutely as we just inexorably move towards that date, the 25th, and uh, you're going to be a busy boy. I hope so, but not so <laughs> far. But we're all looking forward to Christmas Day itself because it's going to be um, a food festival again. Yep. Uh, we're all going to mums and all the family and a few friends are coming along. I want to hear more about that. But uh, for the people that are going to be coming here madly provisioning and getting organised for uh, for this, the market is open for the next four days. Four days. Every day well. until 4pm. Three hours free parking around, I yeah, heard. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, the first couple of hours are free, I believe. Yeah. What time are you open? Now, that, uh, that, that's probably a good one to, get to do. Well, we'll be here from... 4.35 o'clock onwards, um, maybe even 4 o'clock. Last year, I believe there were people walking around the market at 3 a.m. Well, I wouldn't bother. Now, come on, that's you know, a little bit silly. We'll, we'll be back with a load of veggies probably about 6. We'll have some here already every day, mm. but we'll be bringing fresh stuff in. Um, so we'll be doing today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I've been telling my regulars not not to come unless they have to on Wednesday. Oh, you don't. No, that's a mugs game. Yeah, we're not catering for it either because yeah. most of us are going to close down for two weeks because of the, the way the days fall. Yeah. And uh, also it's very good to source, very hard to source good vegetables. So and and if way. you're going to get, as we spoke, uh, as our preview a few weeks ago, we were saying that um, seafood, well, it's just so expensive, isn't it, for a start? Yeah, and they've already gone ballistic. You know, people forget to wear it every day of the year. Mm. But they've been in there like cannibals, and you've probably seen in the paper... Uh, in there like cannibals. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. You've Good seen, image. Yeah, you've seen uh, the advertised prices of um, craze at about 120 a kilo. Whoa, that's insane, mate. Insane. So we well during the year, and we'll have um, fresh frozen Aussie prawns uh, done with um, butter and garlic, and and be happy that way. You're getting your garlic prawns, John. Yeah, bloody ass, <laughs> mate. It, it, things don't change <laughs> when something works. Yeah. Don't change. All right, well, for, the, for those of us, um, the perfect garlic prawn is the garlic, the butter, the prawns, a little bit of olive oil, yep. parsley. A little bit, not Shed too much. loads of parsley, shall we say? Yeah. Oh, a little bit, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, and okay. chilli. Oh, dried or fresh? Oh, it doesn't matter. If I've oh, got yeah. the fresh, I think there's some growing, so we'll use fresh. 
yeah. little bit more intense. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, backtracking. So, um, open all the way through till Wednesday. Um, if you want to be an insane early bird and, uh, uh, you know, knock on the uh, jam donut thing to get them going uh, to get the sugar hit, um, that's okay. But what time do so the market close? Four o'clock every Four. day. Yeah, and oh, that's um, good. There's an abundance of fruit and veg, so yeah. there's not that urgency that people think that there is. Yeah, okay. So come through as usual. Pick the eyes out of the market. Yeah. Most people have come with an organised list. The wives have got the list. The husbands are pushing the trolleys, or vice versa. It depends on who's cooking. They're the roadies. And uh, yeah, they do what they got to do. Food technicians. Yeah. That means carry the food out. Thank you very much. Um, yes, you know. The, the one thing that's a, a bit of a shame is that we never really get to talk about uh, the stuff that's going to be around when, well, we put this show to bed. So I'm looking around and I'm seeing a real preview of that. The stone fruit's really come through, isn't it, this time of year? Oh, there, there's an abundance, you know. Yeah. And when you walk into the wholesale market, uh, even before you get into the main door, the fragrance of the fruit and vegetables hits you. Mm. You know, you see rows and rows of... Um, uh, two or three different types of peaches, um, two, to, two or three different types of nectarines and his apricots. Apricots have been really good this uh, year, oh, haven't they? Have. Even, even my boy Joey, he's um, been hoeing into them, so yeah. uh, everyone's happy. Um, and then, you know, there's... And, and mangoes have been mangoes. insanely cheap this year. Is that oh, we, is it true? True, true. true. We, we've already had a feed. We've been eating a tray a week. Yeah. Um, you know, soon um, it'll be time even to to make some mango sauce or mango chutney yeah. um, and even use it on your Christmas lunch. So, yeah, why not? Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, mangoes are so cheap at the moment. I do this um, uh, this salad that is, is pretty much uh, mangoes with uh, a lime juice sort of a dressing on it and a little bit of chilli oil, which is, uh, is really, really beautiful, and then fried roasted peanuts on the top so you get this crunch um and a little bit of coriander too and so are you using a green green mango or no 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 I, I'm, I'm using a ripe oh, um a yeah. nice a nice kensington pride would be the yeah, way that i'd yeah. go so but kensington pride to me is the most perfect mango on the face of the earth for me it's the only mango well there we go well look at us look at us looking at each other in a green yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. definitely. All right, but, but, also, but, that's, but that's a great sell. Okay, so mangoes are really, really um, abundant, great. Cherries are just everywhere this year. Well, we've all had a feed. Um, yeah. You know, we've, we've had anything from $6 to $20 a kilo. Advice, um, which one should we get? Well, it, like everything, you get what you pay for. You buy a $6 cherry, you eat it today, or you cook it tomorrow. Mm. Nothing wrong with that, don't get me wrong. Give them a quick rinse and you have a feast. Mm. You even put them in with your ice cream. Oh, yeah, okay. The $20 ones, a bigger cherry, smaller pip, you get more flesh, you get more intensity. And you get that sensual bite as you're really biting into this cherry flesh. Yeah. It's got some width. That's right. Profundo. That's right. So that, that's why yeah. I say there's nothing wrong with a cheap one. If you want the bigger, dearer ones, nothing wrong with that either. You, you don't buy as many, of course. So yeah. Instead of buying a two kilo, you buy half kilo, kilo. Yeah. which is what Rose did yesterday. First, she ate a kilo of $6 ones, and then she went and bought uh, three-quarters of a kilo of $20 ones, and, 
and uh, her boy come along and he's having a feast and she said, stop eating my cherries. So, Whoa, back yeah. off. Back start, off. Start growling. Yeah. Okay. And uh, white cherries around? Um... I had some Thursday, the first one. Yeah, they've opened up the alpha room and, and Cameron they? can smell the fish bones. Gee, but wow. They'll, they'll shut the door in a minute. That'll Strong be ammonia. Yeah. So those white cherries are also very nice. Um, when I was small, they were always bitter more than anything. The modern yeah. varieties are a little bit sweeter. Beautiful to eat on their own. And, and beautiful in a bowl mixed with a few of the red cherries. Oh, definitely. That's, and that's also nice in a cake as well. Yeah. Okay, so cherries are great. Uh, stone fruit is around and... Six million apples and pears. Six million. Well, that's all for last year, though, isn't it? That's CA yeah, stuff. Yeah, but still, no, it's still they're here. edible, you know. Oh, they're edible, yeah. They, yeah. They've been looked after. They've only... Um, been pulled out of cold storage recently. They haven't been in and out like some places yeah. that um, get them delivered and 15 days later then they put them on the shelf and people squeeze the bejeevers out of them. So ah. if something's been looked after, it's okay if it's come out of controlled atmosphere. All right, and looking across, this is great. I just, you just, It's all in front of us here, folks. But one of my favourite avocados is around too. The big, round, cricket ball-y type one. It's known as a reed. It's, oh, some uh, of the big ones are scary how big they are. yeah. But what a flavour. Real and texture. buttery. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. A big, What big do you flavor. put on yours? Uh, what, well, not much. Just a, a, a little bit of lemon juice, yeah. some pepper. So um, the other variety. Of, I've got some, oh, I've got some chilli sauce. Oh, my oh. God. Bit of chilli sauce to, to bring it up. Actually, I'm going to give it another plug because I still reckon it's one of the, one of the best I've ever tasted. Hazard sauce from Mesa Verde. Um, it's a habanero, and it's got, well, it's got some spooky special ingredients, and it's oh, good. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because yeah. you eat that either beside a steak or on a cracker or something. In the um, morning on a bit of toast. Yeah, yeah, and it's good for you because it's got all the essential oils and... And, and oil-based vitamins. That's right, yeah. and um, they're good for you. Yeah. Now, you've got some show and tell. Come on, let's, let's go over I here have. to the, the yeah. pumpkin um, chopping area. Some things it's sad because we're waving goodbye to the Broadies. I, I can't remember when we had Broadies. Like the duality of life. Some things are sad, some things are happy. You're going to start with a sad story start first. Start with a sad it's stuff. A sad so we story. end on a high. Okay. That's what life's about. It should be. It should be, yes. Yeah. Um, because there's always something to cheer you up. Okay. Now, some of these Broadies have got awful black pockmarks on the outside. John is holding up four broad beans. They are about uh, seven or eight inches long. Um, two of them look diseased. They do, yeah, but they do. like a lot of people, ugly yeah. on the outside, beautiful on the inside. Oh, oh, this one's even growing. Oh, it's got a little bit but, of a little yeah. I'd break that off and cook it. Yeah. My mum and you yeah. and other sacrilegious oh, people. Oh, you keep going on. I've, I've double peeled my <laughs> broad beans but, but once. Look at that. Yeah, look yeah. at that. Okay. That is beautiful. Yeah. Now, what now, John was talking about is when you double skin your broad beans. Some people say, look, it's great to get the roughage. Other people say, look, sometimes it's good to take that outer membrane of the seed off and you get that beautiful green yeah. uh, green bean. They're like a little embryo, really. They are. Now, like... these you can only just warm through. Mm. Warm through, serve them up. Yeah. Or cook the bejeevers out of them and make a mash. Have cook you ever done the that? the bejesus out of them, make a mash. It sounds like a battle song. Or, or... Yeah. You double peel them and then put them on a plate and let them dry out a little bit and then you deep fry them. Have oh, you ever done that? Yeah. yeah, you sprinkle a hot chilli powder oh, and a little bit of salt. Oh, hello. The problem is that then you start drinking. <laughs> That's yeah. what we used to do in the old days. Before we had an abundance of chips, we probably spoke about this not long ago. Yeah. You know, the chickpeas that come out, the broad beans come out, and then throw them in a fry pan. Lupini. Yeah, lupini as well. Yeah, but the lupini, they were soaked, not, not fried. Yeah, that's right. And, and that was your snack 
Yep. You know? Um, yeah, so that's sad because they're on the way out. But, yeah. the, but the, How much? Uh, I'm selling $4. Um, I'm sure. Earlier in the week, I, I saw the agent selling them for $4 a kilo wholesale, mm. and I come along, and he, he felt sorry for me, I suppose, and we're mates too, so he gave me some, and I'm selling come them on. at the wholesale price. Yep. But that, that's one of the few things. Also, asparagus. We're waving goodbye to asparagus. Look at that. So that's still export quality. Still time for Christmas for those. I, I've got some today. I'm hoping to get another batch tomorrow morning. Yep. Um, so, you know, get in and enjoy them now because January definitely either you'll see imported rubbish or um, or some very scruffy, scruffy stuff that's been sitting in someone's fridge. And ridgy so, sort of. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. It's been battered by the weather and the heat and the yep. wind and God knows. Mm. So we wave goodbye to them. now. The oh, and also before we do that... Um, a lot of people like bar- uh, barbecuing their oh, asparagus. So easy. Brush them with oil, chuck them on a bar. But what I'd say is just a very, very quick blanche first. Uh, makes you Don't look at me like that. Okay, here we are. John and I, <laughs> we're disagreeing. <laughs> but I reckon just a tiny blanche, just something to do, because then you don't um, bash the hell out of it on the on the barbecue. There you go. I'll just say, and you can't thank, thank God we're all different. All, all, right, all yeah. I do, yeah. I, if you think it's too thick, Slice the bottom half down. Oh, yeah. Don't chop it off. Leave it home. Slice uh, down the middle. So the heat can get into, into the middle yeah, of yeah. the bottom half. Yeah. Brush it with olive oil onto a hot plate. Mm. Roll it over. Bang. Into the salad um, sandwich or a onto steak the sandwich. Platter, onto the yeah. platter. What do you dress it with? Olive oil. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, lemon juice? Yeah, yeah. Why not? No rules. You know, they yeah, garlic. Yeah. Even a drop of vinegar if you want. Yeah, yeah. Brings out the flavours. And then there's the whole Asian palate that, That's you know, we can right. uh, Sesame oil, sesame. Vietnamese fish sauce and stuff like that helps yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. But now we're moving on to the happy side of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, um, yep. We've always got beautiful beans. Yep. And even in the middle of winter, I say, Cameron, put your hand in a the bag. They feel nice and silky. Yeah. They come out of Queensland. Yes. Now we've moved on to the crop out of Mildura. You broke this one in half. Can you describe that for me? Well, it's it's got this sort of translucent gel in there, and that's um, that it's, means the, it's fresh. It's the growing medium for it to surround the seed, so the seed can grow and yes. it can propagate. But unfortunately, we humans intervene and go. Yeah. Beautiful, eh? Beautiful. Crunchy. Now, what happens is these are hand-cultivated, which Bloody means good. someone goes along, pulls off the best beans off the plant, straight into the box, mm. and then delivered to the market. And we have to pay for that service. Yeah. Now, some of the growers let the beans ripen a little bit more. They're machine-picked. Yep. And they go into the packing sheds, and the monkeys pull the beans off the plant, throw them straight in a the box. Yes. There are riper beans. Wow, the these, jelly, these guys the, are trained well. Yeah, the, the jellies dried out a little bit more. Yep. The the bean inside the bean's bigger. Yeah. So oh, yes, yes, yes. Because the plant's doing its job. It's yep. making seed for the next generation. Yep. Those beans, you have to use them quicker because they dry out. They fall over. Rot quicker, they fall yeah. over quicker. Yeah. You get them half price, a third of the price. If that suits you, fine. We can't knock people for that because there's a market for every person. Mm. And also, we've got these peas. Again, they're six or seven centimetres long. There's about eight or nine peas in every one, whereas other varieties may only be four or five. Wow. Very sweet. Mm. Um, some people bulk are paying nine, ten dollars a kilo, but when you open them up, they are just balls of sugar. And it's all about, <clears throat> sorry, it's all about getting a, a, a lot of these things, like beans. It's just like, just get a little handful. 
you know, and uh, peas the same thing. Oh, look at that. They're beautiful. And that little peas in the pod. So these are gorgeous. Um, steam lightly, as John says, with, um, with just a tiny little bit of water and actually not even, oil. yeah, yeah, sometimes you don't even need the water. But that's one way that, uh, John does it. Uh, peas and mint, you know, peas and curry. There's so many things you can yeah. do with these bloody things there. Definitely. They're just magnificent. Indoor All right, we need risotto, to. Risotto, pasta, whatever. Yeah, yeah, we need to wind this up, John. So let's talk about those, uh, you got any dirty tomatoes to show me? Well, no, no, I, dirty I got fruit. see these too. As in, they, um, uh, yeah. Rude, fruit. rude fruit. Yeah. All right. Now these two yeah. uh, are both from the Rouge de Marmont family. That's the crinkly one, the folks. Crinkly ones. Yep. Now I've got one red one that's got that's a pretty. lot of ridges on it. Yeah, beautiful color. That's the old style Rouge de Marmont. Yeah. And then I've got this one that's got virtually no wrinkles. Maybe on the bottom side a little bit more. Yeah. This is a half black Russian. Oh wow. Uh, half Rouge de Marmont, and when you slice them, instead of slicing them down the middle, you slice them across from the top. Oh wow. And they are like a beefsteak. Okay. And then we've got our... And Murray. this is the one that I know that John... One of the things John loves is, uh, is a good slice of, uh, of bread from down there uh, with maybe some lovely butter or some olive oil and just some slices of tomato and salt and pepper. Heaven. And when I'm naughty, cream cheese. <laughs> okay. All right. So they're more sugar than acid. Yes. Then we've got our old um, variety from Murray Bridge, which is a round tomato. Mm. A lot of people call them gourmet tomatoes, and so they should because they're a better class of tomato. Mm. A little bit harder on the skin, a little bit higher in acid. Uh, at the moment, they've still got green skins, uh, green seeds in the middle. Not my favourite. I like to eat them when they're overripe again because the sugars come out. The people love the acid. Everyone's different. Soon, when we come back in the new year, I hope we'll have the same tomato grown here in Victoria. Yeah. And that's one of the happy bits as well. Done. People have been asking me since September mm. that they want to Doncaster tomato, so they're coming. Done. So there you go. Pick of the market. Pick of the last pick of, pick the, market of the market for the year, John. Well, people are buying cabbages for coleslaw, tomatoes for the salad, tomatoes for the barbie. A lot of people are having big barbies. Yeah. They throw the red tomatoes on, just warm them through. And have them in a, a steak sandwich. No the juice drips out. It's beautiful. Yeah, hello. We've already talked about peas and beans, yeah. bananas, dime a dozen, Aussie grapes. We've got Menindee seedless. We've got Flame seedless. They're here. You can pay anything from 5 to $10 a kilo for grapes, but unless you know they're Australian, they're not soaked in chemicals, mm. and they've been freshly picked. Yeah. So, and all the root vegetables, people are going crazy because a lot of people are still having their traditional roast. Mm. Like we will as well, but we're going to have six million things on the table. I can imagine. Um, so again, plan your recipes and menus. Goodbye. Mm. Rose is going walkies again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> plan your menu. But yeah. if you see something that's stunning when you're walking through the market, buy some. Keep some budget for mangoes too, because they're uh, they're cheap as. And some reed. Okay, mine's reed avocado. Uh, reed, reed avocados. The, uh, the mangoes, because they've just been so plentiful that you can do so much with at the moment, and just get into the stone fruit. My pick, of course, is a white peach, because that gives me an excuse to push it through a sieve and make a beautiful puree, add it to some Prosecco. Hey, you've got a Bellini. Yeah, you know what they did at home last Christmas? What? They had the um, beautiful fern peaches. I slice them into a big tumbler. Mm. And pour the vino rosso on top, the red wine, yeah. and the um, ice cubes. Yeah. And when the ice cubes are nearly melted, stir it all up, drink the wine, and then eat the peach. Ha! Huh. And they say life is tough. Huh? And, I don't know. And then they wanted to be European and have an afternoon siesta. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe an almond biscuit or something to go with oh, that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. that'd be good. All right, well, this is my turn to say to you, 
John, you are much loved on this show. Uh, there are so many people that I talk to that say, yeah, yeah, that show you did, it's pretty good. That guy at the market, though, poof, he rocks. So on behalf of the listeners, what I want to do is just to say thank you for allowing me just to come in here on Sundays and just drag you away from your customers and have a chat to us and the listeners out there. And as uh, on behalf of the listeners, just want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and a heartfelt thanks for uh, telling us about the stuff. I know Robbie sort of uh, doesn't trust what you say, but we do. And uh, uh, Merry Christmas, mate, and thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you and to all the listeners. We enjoy doing this because Cameron and I, we both love our food. Yeah. So life's grand, and we're so lucky here to have everything. You know, I get people coming from Sydney, and their eyes pop. They've got good food up there. We kill them anytime. Yeah, absolutely. So get out there and enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the festive um, celebrations, mm. and uh, be safe, and we'll see you next year. And may I also wish you a very, very happy Boxing Day, because that's the time when you can put your feet up and just relax. Well, I'm closing Wednesday, and I'm having 15 days free. Woo-wee! All right, well, on that note, on that bombshell, uh, we're going to leave the market and we better get back to the studio. Thank you, John. Thanks again. Now, the miracle of radio as we are. Back yes, in the indeed it is. 12.40, Triple R FM. John, for another year. Hey, uh, Cameron, we've got our last giveaway of the year as well. We're um, planning Santa's on the roof and we kidnapped him and dragged <laughs> him down. <laughs> we've, we've extracted this prize. <laughs> uh, we're planning ahead Saturday the 24th of January, Australia Day weekend. Uh, the Ballarat Beer Festival is on at the City Oval out there in Ballarat. Um, not only is there a whole pile of beers, so the award-winning Ballarat Beer Festival celebrates craft beer, but also uh, some decent music. So uh, that Saturday there's Ash Grunwald, Way of the Eagle, Ash Demi Grunwald. Louise, yeah, yeah, the Delta cool. Riggs, Timberwolf, Buddha in a Chocolate Box and Chris Russell's Chicken Walk. Uh, food, activities, kids stuff, it's all very, very cool. I sense a giveaway. I think so. I we, feel it. We have a double pass to give away to the Ballarat Beer Festival. So as I say, it's Saturday uh, of Australia Day weekend. Give us a ring now, 9388 uh, if you want to plan ahead and get your Australia Day weekend sorted. Matt's going to race out the studio, he's going to take your call, and um, good luck to all of those people, but now... Hey, look up my glass over there. Oh, sorry, Jimmy. What sort of drink you want? What sort of drink you want? Make it a double. Yeah. Somebody got to sing. Somebody got to sing. Somebody got to sing. Let's drink. Cheers. That is, that is, gentlemen. That is the funniest thing I have ever seen in the show. So for those, what an intro for those. Who aren't able Don't to tell Hatzes. <laughs> Go on, tell what happened. We may have just accidentally dropped microphone number three <laughs> in the bowl of punch. Uh-huh. Oh, that was gold. Fine, fine. Sebastian Rayborn. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Bring him up. There I am. Good afternoon. <laughs> Do you know, I've done that with those microphone things. Just I'm just adjusted and it always falls off, so don't worry. It's the best way but to it, stir a punch. But we've never had um, a safety net of a punch. It's all right, we've got our man working on it. He's going to... Uh, uh, there we go. Oh, he's unplugged it, and we might have to do last <laughs> rites for that oh, microphone. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's Christmas time. Sebastian, you've uh, taken time from your... Uh, uh, show your your boozy musings, <laughs> and uh, you've decided to come in and inspire us with uh, a vehicle for Christmas. Indeed, I for me. Hello, 
the perfect cocktail for Christmas is punch. Yeah. Well, you, you make yeah, it, dare, dare, dare I okay. say it? It is a cocktail writ large. It is a cocktail That's right. that keeps... You don't have to keep going back to the shaker. It, no. It's the banquet of cocktails. The banquet of cocktails. You can make it the day before. That's very good. You can have it in the fridge. You can just bring it out, and it's a beautiful centerpiece. It is. In the middle of the table, you know, sliced fresh fruit right through it, a big chunk of ice. Oh. They look gorgeous. They taste yes. gorgeous. Yes. So I thought I'd make you something old and unusual to, uh, to try. <laughs> For someone old and unusual. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my rule with punch is... Good booze, good fruit, lots of fresh juice. You can't really go wrong. Yes, and just a little bit, maybe a little bit of spice. Just keep adding stuff tastes good. With this one... Yes. <laughs> okay, this is a Regent's Punch. This is from the 1864 English and Australian Cookery. I remember this punch well. <laughs> okay, so this is... Mm. And I, I'm going to tell you the original recipe because it doesn't really give a lot to go on. And this actually comes from Australia's first cookbook. Australia's first cookbook. Yes. So Regent's Punch, the favourite beverage of the late King George IV... Mm. Three bottles of champagne, yeah. a bottle of hock, a bottle of curacao, a What's bottle of hock? brandy, a pint of rum, it's a dry wine. Dry wine, yes. Two bottles of Madeira, two bottles of seltzer water, four pounds of raisins. How many Seville pounds? orange, four pounds. Whoa. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> two bottles of seltzer water, four pounds of, oh, of raisins, Seville oranges, lemons, sugar, and instead of water, yeah. green tea. Whoa, and that's, that's clever. The, that's the key to this drink, and that's why it works. The glutamates. Uh, just the green tea gives it this beautiful sort of tannin through it because there's very little acid. Yes. You know, so you're really relying on the wine and then that green tea to dry it out and freshen it. But it, as you notice there, there's not actually a lot of r- ingredients. Like, I mean, there's a lot of ingredients, but it doesn't tell you the recipe, you know, how much sugar. <laughs> really? You know, it's not in there. It doesn't sort of say. It oh. says how much seltzer water. Well, enough. Enough. How much green tea? Good. Well, well you know, as much. Until you like it. And if you go back... You think to, Shakespeare as you like it. <laughs> if you go back to the recipe on the previous page of this 1864 tome... Can you see... You haven't actually named the tome, Okay, though. so this is English and Australian cookery. So this is its 150th anniversary, and the guys have just reprinted a facsimile edition. And this is done by, shall we say, another rabbit. And to use the uh, Shakespeare, another rabbit would smell so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but you can you can get the original Abbott. As it were. Yes. Yes. Um, books for cooks have got it. It's probably I recommend it for anyone. Readings who's a, who's in a, Carlton. I they've saw got it, it proudly absolutely. in the window. Oh, look at that! And yeah. anyone who's a foodie, this is the first cookbook ever published in Australia. It's the first time anyone came out and said we should own our own cuisine mm. and we should eat Australian natives. This is the first time that occurred. But he also offers great advice on how to mix punch. Yes. Okay. It's impossible to give the proportionate quantity. For it all depends on the softness of the water, the strength of the rum, the acidity of the lemons and sugar. But we have in our mind's eye a Scotch friend who was au fait at compounding this liquor. But he would not be hurried. And after a time with many tastings, (laughs) he managed to produce a bowl in which the flavour of no one ingredient predominated. Well, that's that's what you're looking for, isn't it? And it certainly was a very pretty and insidious tipple. (laughs) And he also goes on to say that this is one of the most healthy of drinks, for it has a bracing effect on the stomach, and the acid operates as a diuretic. (laughs) um, All bases covered, Algy! But I love the idea that 
these old, old recipes. They say, well, these are the ingredients yeah, and we'll, put in... Work the, it out. Yeah, work it out and taste it. Get your... With and, many tastings. And dare I said, if we put it into the, uh, the 21st century, we talk about the bliss point. That's Where right. you reach that bliss between acid and sugar and fruit and booze and... And there's, there's a couple other things that I love about this punch. What? It's called the Regent's Punch. Mm. And we, of course, got a visit from Prince Regent. Oh, well, yeah. He that, ran that at the end of the 1850s thing. of Australia. What could in, possibly go wrong with that and, visit? And for me, I like to call this the, uh, <laughs> you know, everything the, the that could go wrong. shooting visit. Everything that could go wrong yeah. did go wrong. And I think it, it's, it's, a, it's a royal tour that should be uh, made more of because it was such an... Inc- a hit, a, an ongoing series of incompetence and catastrophes. Uh, it, it went terribly. They burnt things down. They blew things up. They they shot they, some of they his navy. Well, what they set up to do, they said, "Let's have a lunch. Yeah, we're going to put a, a charity together. Everyone gives some money. Okay. We're going to have the world's biggest lunch. We're going to have it down is, in the stockyards. This is, is Melbourne, which was which is now the MCG. Right? It's going to be a yeah. free lunch. Yeah. Okay, they were hoping to feed, I think, 7,000 yeah, people. Yeah, they thought a few people. We'll, we'll, cater for, we'll cater for seven grand. They had four miles of tables set yes. with cutlery and plates. Yeah, this is they had the... a fountain of wine. So they, they actually took barrels, put them up at the top of a tower to pressurise this fountain uh-huh. of wine. And about <laughs> fifteen to 20,000 people showed up. Yeah, well, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a free lunch. Free like, lunch. Oh, this is, and then more and more were coming and more. And the, well, there's a, there's a classic line. Some lily-livered coward. Yes, a lily-livered coward. <laughs> told the prince regent, should, I, I don't you, think you should No, go. mate, don't come. There's too many of them. This rabble. And they announced... Hungry rabble. ...that the prince would not attend. What happened? They rioted. Yes. And in a matter of minutes, they had consumed everything. They tore the place <laughs> apart. They drunk everything, every drop. They'd stolen every knife, every fork, every yeah. plate, every chair. It was gone. Yeah. It was gone. Yeah. So for an encore, a week later, they thought, what? okay, this is Geelong. We'll do a lunch. Yeah. It can't go right. It'll be a free lunch. Yeah, lunch. In Geelong. It's not as big as Melbourne. We'll yeah. cater for a couple of thousand. 10,000 show up. The prince gets cold feet. Again. They have a riot. Yeah. After that, they, they went up to Ballarat. They burnt down the back of the new town hall. They went to Bendigo. They set fire to something there. They came back to Melbourne to open a hospital. A whole bunch of Irish militants attempted to shoot the prince. They thought, ah, oh, it's just getting too crazy. It's just getting hitty, We're going to go to Sydney. Yeah, the, it, it, things will be better there. <laughs> and, of course, they go to Sydney, and he's, again, trying to open a hospital. He does get shot. He actually gets shot. He gets, he gets shot. wounded. They okay. wounded the regent. And you, you couldn't make this stuff up. Florence Nightingale yeah. happened to be, uh, happened to is, be is in Sydney. Is there a nurse in the crowd? And oh, nursed the prince back to health and he went back to England. So not a single public engagement of his tour mm. was successful. And, and can I also <laughs> say that um, that set a precedent of royals saying, there is no way I'm going to the colonies. <laughs> there is no way uh, we are setting foot. Uh, past the uh, the Tropic of Cancer, because uh, just forget it. It's just too wild. Yeah, and th- it was. And they would have been drinking punch. We got five Full minutes, Seb. Uh, Seb, um, let's uh, let's let's talk about these punches. So uh, punches at home. We don't need to get a uh, a punch bowl. No, you don't. No, you don't. So don't. So think. Don't think. 
Oh, we haven't got a punch bowl. There's no way you could do punch. Uh, uh, uh. No, salad bowl, any, a mixing bowl, anything that's, you know, that'll hold a good few a liters. A stock pot. A stock pot. Fantastic. That's all right. You know, oh. you're stainless steel, you know. And you can get good big stock pots uh, too. That's yeah. Right. I mean, you were telling me about, I don't know what sort of party this is, <laughs> but there was a lot of punch. Can you elaborate on that, Seb? There's and then a maybe, couple of epic yeah. punches. One of my favorites, it was only not, it was not so long ago, a bunch of bartenders... Made up Chick a punch in a washing machine, which uh, they cleaned it well. Yeah, and the thing is, you, but you it load is cleaned every in. time anyway. You load so everything matter. in. You put in your fruit and your ice, and, and it mixes. You it put all it on wash, and it mixes it. Then obviously, it goes onto the spin cycle, <laughs> and, and then it you pumps just, it out, and, and you get someone out underneath it. That's it. It just pumps it out. You just yeah. move the hose around the cups. There and you really go. go. Come on, so, forget goon of fortune. <laughs> Well, there's also been some really, really epic punches. I think the world record largest punch was set up by some guys in London called Bombus and Parr, who are a couple of sort of... Lucius. Well, boozy <laughs> experimentalists. And yeah. they, they they filled a large house with punch. So That's right, man. I mean, a large house. I, I don't quite understand you know, how they achieved it. It's a lot of silicon. Yeah. They, Membrane, silicon. Yeah, they, they watertight the don't house. Don't break the windows. They filled it with punch. And then they had people row across the top. So they must have had the roof off. And you would actually arrive at the party in a boat across the top of a house full of punch. And, you know, scoop a cup and have a drink of that. And, Gee, uh, you know, it, just... it, it really makes sort of punch lane, Pelham just given us here in Melbourne, doesn't it? So, um, favourite punches, how do we find a, a recipe for a great one? Are we going to be able to get this recipe and put it on uh, okay, so our website for Maddie? We can indeed. Also, the English and Australian Cookery, the 150th anniversary edition, comes with a companion volume. Yes. Um, and, and there's a chapter in it on cocktails that... Um, that go on, say it. Go on, yeah. Okay. Go on. Uh, just, just go on. Okay, who, who, who wrote that, yeah, that Sebastian? That was me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sebastian Rayborn, published author. But, but in it, it has a, another great punch recipe, which is the West Indian punch, which is another green tea combo, which is which is absolutely lovely. And that's a modern recipe. Yes. So that you can actually you can make that pretty easily. And that's that's the punch that we made at the State Library when we did our our now infamous. History of Cocktails Dinner. That was a great dinner. That was it's, great. Uh, hard to believe it's uh, it's a while ago. So maybe what we might do is um, uh, a suggestion. You can see if we can follow up this. Are we able to maybe just take a snap of that mm. and then uh, publish that on the... Yeah, Matt's going double thumbs up. So the idea is, uh, instead of trying to work out um, heaps and heaps of bottles of champagne or whatever you're going to uh, drink, responsibly, because we haven't even done that yet. So, so you know, me, RSA... Um, how many people do you want to serve? That's the first thing. Okay. Add in... The equation. One or two shots of booze, whatever's on hand, yes. per person you're going to serve. Yes. Then I love to put a bit of sparkling wine in, you know, some champagne, some Prosecco. It just it gives it some life. It's lovely. Gives it a lovely backbone. Put in, you know, however... However many people you've got, half the number of glasses. So everyone gets half a glass worth. Put that in your punch. Yeah. And then a couple of lemons and limes. Get the juice in there to give it some acid. Yeah. Put some fruit juice in, whatever's on hand. Yeah. Cut up some fresh fruit. Put in some sugar. Mm. And then just keep adding fruit juice. Maybe a little and more And the green sparkling. tea. A good cup of green tea. Mm. Taste it. Does it taste good? Need a bit more booze? How is it going? Always remember that when things... Uh, warm. If you haven't chilled it yet, the sweetness will come out more. That it'll taste a little sweeter. So yeah, always yeah. make it a tiny bit too sweet when it's warm, and then when it's chilled, 
be perfect. Yeah, it's like uh, getting the bottom of um, that can of soft drink in the heat when it just oh, becomes oh, intolerable. Yeah. Oh, so there's the idea, folks. Um, it's punch. Um, and uh, also, and there's no such thing as a wrong recipe for punch. There's only does it taste good? Yes, no. Yeah. Oh, and also, you know, may I also say another thing. magic wand of punch is uh, the bottle of dry ginger ale. Oh yeah. Yeah, dry ginger oh, in, in the that. punch. Um, yeah. It really fills out the bottom, the bottomness of the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So there's a there's a thought for you. Uh, I know that Yost thought that the the punch was good. <laughs> he was so like, oh, I've got to go. I've got to go. Yeah. Do you mind if I finish early? Can is that punch? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it? It was like... Very much so. Oh, no, I can stay. All right, 12.55. We need to move on. We've got five minutes, and um, we got to do a few g'day, g'donyas. For our last... Heartfelt thanks. Indeed, for our last show here on Triple R 2014, obviously, we're going to be back next year, but we yes. thought we'd just take a couple of minutes to acknowledge a few folks uh, who help out with the show. All right, I want to... Uh, first of all, I want to... Uh, a big thanks, because... Um, oh, Rosemary Stanton. Rosemary yes. Stanton, nutritionist, um, straight talking, uh, not beholden to any commercial interests. Oh, I'm trying hard not to say anything that's libelous or slanderous at yes. the moment. Uh, be good, don't bring up Fiona Nash. No, no, I didn't <laughs> do it. Um, so, Rosemary, um, as, uh, as maybe a counter. Okay, yes. all right, I'm doing, he's rewinding me up already. <laughs> um, so big thanks to you, Rosemary, for all your fearless advice and uh, just straightforward thinking on nutrition. Uh, Ros Grundy, for just being Ros Grundy and yes. coming in, you absolutely rock. Um, Hilary McNair, for the first time that we had on, yes, was, uh, was heaps of fun. Hi, Hilary, if you're listening. Michael Harden, um, swearing at you right now. Yes, yes we saw what you did. We <laughs> Being helicoptered into Bray and then helicoptered back out again. We hate you. Uh, Vanessa and Matt, uh, may your bees buzz and may they uh, may they be safe and uh, and uh, sheltered during the summer. Mm-hmm. Scott Pickett, congratulations on your book and uh, your restaurants and and also Joe, who's working with him. Jesse Gurner. Yes. Fun, fun, wonderful. Great having you on, yes. Yeah. Lucy and Adrian, um, probably our discovery of the year, I'd say, from The Hidden Souk. Boy, are they passionate about um, their spices and things like that. The Hidden Souk. Um, g'day, guys, and I hope you have a great um, great holidays. Uh, Councillor Angela, part of the Mancha Mancha team. Yes. Um, always always fabulous. Philippa, just for being Philippa. Philippa Sibley, of course, yes, prefix. Team. Yes. Jose Chavez gave us a couple great market reports from uh, Oak Ridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, as did Gary Cooper, and we had uh, oh, the uh, third uh, was it third anniversary in champagnes popping and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yes, uh, yes. down at Bella Vidira in the Yarra Valley. Uh, Seb Rayborn, <laughs> big ups to you, buddy. Uh, thank you very, very much for all the things you've done. Miss Pearl's coming in and being provocative, uh, little creature that she is from yes. Madame Brussels, and um, that's pretty much. Oh, and also the award for. Huge thanks when we haven't been able to be here. Matt, you want to take those over? Yeah, so look, the, the occasional uh, weekend when you and I can't make it in, we're ably covered and assisted on this show mm-hmm. by uh, folks such as Kent Goldsworthy, who uh, pushes the buttons, uh, Duncan Buchanan. Duncan! Who uh, not only makes wine, but also can run a fine radio show. And of course, Triple R legend Tim Thorpe has looked after uh, this show many times this year and gone above and beyond. So thanks to, uh, to those three. He sure does. Um, we need to acknowledge the um, the last show, which is coming up. Um, it's going to be an extravaganza. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honour to be um, with all these guys from Dirty Deeds. 
Um, you guys have been just such a great fit, and we are going to so miss you. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for your contributions over what has been a decade of great radio and talking about all manners, botanical, horticultural, and just finding out what's what's in my garden. So big ups to Digger, Olive, and Laurel, and all the assembled. Uh, the green room is packed full of supporters today. It's going to be a great live it show. It is going to be big. And may I just say it? A big thanks to the very fact that this independent radio station exists. This is 3 Triple R FM. And may I say that um, Triple R, lifting up our spirits in what has been kind of a desperate milieu uh, that has been around us for so many different reasons. Yes. Um, it is an honour to be a part of independent radio that happens here in East Brunswick. And uh, and once we get a little bit more money for one or more of those microphones, which I think we might have just destroyed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. What a laugh, though. If only we could have got that film. Ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, Dirty Deeds' last show. We are um, leaving. Is that? Do we cover everything, Matt? I, well, think, I think we've we got did. it. We're back in February, so uh, yeah, we will have a great non-denominational oh, uh, time off. Who's looking after the? the oh, I was going to get that information. You were going to get forgot. that. No, oh, all right. Well, look. Anyway, uh, tune in. Twelve fifty-nine, thirty-one seconds. We're going to give you an extra half minutes. Dirty Deeds. Take it over for the very last time here on Three Triple R. You shall be missed. We thought. You guys have been wonderful. Yeah. And thank you. No, whoa. You guys, the listeners and the people that have sponsored the show, thank you very, very much. Merry Christmas or denominational punch drinking. <laughs> Non-denominational punch drinking. Bye. See you next year. This has been a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.